Thanks for listening to Looking Forward Our Way. We'd like to ask a favor from you. Would you give us some feedback on our podcast? We've made it really easy to do so. Click on the link in our episode show notes. That link will take you to our podcast Google My Business page. Now, you may have to sign into your Google account. From there, we'd appreciate your feedback on the podcast overall, feedback on a specific episode, or a suggestion on what you would like to see us cover in a future episode. All your feedback is really appreciated. Your comments only help us create episodes that will keep us all looking forward our way. We are looking forward our way. Hi, this is Brett, along with Carol, as usual. Hi, Brett. How's it going? Okay, and we're, we're on the, we're we're on on the, the road. road. <laughs> uh, yes, we're part of the first annual WordBridge Now Summer Celebration of Educators. And part of our recording today is to talk to some local authors. Right. Authors. And with us is R.J. Yurick. He has a book called A Rift a rift between worlds, if I can speak. And mm-hmm. uh, RJ, thanks for you know taking the leap and being on the podcast. Appreciate it. No problem. So, t- tell us a little bit about yourself first, and then we'll get into book and some other nuances too. Yeah. Um, so, I am a like will be a graduate student here soon. I'm intending on going to a master's of art in teaching program. Okay. Um, I originally like went to undergrad at uh, Ohio State. Um, I got a business degree, and um, I worked for about a year, and I discovered pretty quickly on that that wasn't something that I really wanted to do, and I was always had this idea about writing a book, and reading and writing has always been a passion of mine all throughout my life, and I decided to take a leap. I decided to take a year, write a book, see like where that takes me, like what that process looks like, whether it's something that mm-hmm. I would want to um, commit to, like in the long term. And um, so I wrote this book called A Rift Between Worlds, and it was a amalgamation of a lot of different ideas, a lot of different inspirations, and um, yeah, I, I think um, I think the main crux of what inspired me to write the book was one like a deep-seated passion for storytelling i really love storytelling in fact i make it it's like something i enjoy just as a hobby i i love to play uh dungeons and dragons Mm -hmm. with my friends i like to world build and create characters and role play (laughs) it's just i've always had i've always had that passion for storytelling and like i wanted to extend that to writing so the main idea of A Rift Between Worlds is kind of, um, I've always been very passionate about imagination as well as a child's capacity for imagination. How it's almost like, um, it's almost intensified when you're, when mm-hmm, you're a kid. Right. Oh, like yeah. you, uh, you go like outside. I mean, at least I did this as a kid, so I, I, <laughs> I don't know if everybody did this, but I, I would go outside and I would imagine worlds or characters or whatever and create the own, my own adventures, like in my backyard. And like I would do this for hours on end. And I always was curious what that would look like in a book. And like this idea kind of uh, germinated in my head for probably years, like trying to figure out how like it would fit within the confines of a book and eventually I came up with this idea what if there was like this like transition that you would go into your own imagined world like 
all of the different settings, all of the different things that you create, all of the different creatures, terrifying or otherwise cute, whimsical, all of that. What would that look like in practice? And how would it be, like, as a creator of a world, like, um, if, like, all of the creatures had free will, they had their own civilizations, they had their own cultures, they had their own way of speaking to each other, and they all interacted within, like, this this whimsical, magical place. So that that's the inspiration that I so, had mm-hmm. for the book. RJ, you were the kid who got a really fun toy at Christmas, and you <laughs> ended up playing with the box. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. There you go. I, mean, I like I that. Used to, uh, <laughs> I used to carry around just like a stick and pretend it was a sword. So sure. I got, I got plenty of um, <laughs> entertainment out of whatever was well, around. Sure. With, without without <clears throat> saying how old I am, I grew up in the age of when Star Trek first started. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you know the little thingies that they, um, they're... Um, Communicators. Yeah, when it yeah. first started, the communicators were a real thin, long thing, and my dad made me one. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. Then all of, no sudden, pro- all of a sudden, Motorola built them yeah, later exactly, on. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> the flip phone. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, so, yeah, you see, we, see the, we see kids doing that every day. Right. Yeah. Playing with the boxes mm-hmm. um, and um, having their own world. So... But you made this decision to really put it on paper. Yes, yes. So that had to have been a huge commitment and not easy. Yeah, it was so, I mean, not to, I, I guess I can mention this, but um, I had a, it was probably one of the most difficult and most fulfilling years of my life because probably about halfway through the first draft of the book, I had a... Um, I had a fairly severe panic attack, and I had to go to therapy for my anxiety and, like, figure out, like, how to handle my panic disorder. And, like, all at the same time, I was writing this book, and it really, like, taught me a lot about, like, because I, 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 I guess it's hard to describe what a panic attack feels like, but you think that like your mind convinces you that you're about to die so you essentially have like in your mind you have like like almost a near-death experience because and it keeps repeating in your head over and over again like i i I guess like a train going across Mm -hmm. the tracks like Mm -hmm. sometimes it'll be farther away and then sometimes it'll be like right there and then other times like it'll run you over so while i was writing well I was struggling with that, and I was writing the book at the same time. So I had this, I I was, like, stressed, and I I was nervous about writing the book, but I I, got to say, like, by the time that I finished the the draft and when I first had this book in my hands for the first time, it was, like, I I don't think I've, like, been more proud of an accomplishment in my life. Because it was just, like, something... Something that you basically create out of nothing, like art in in general, is just like creation out of nothing, and that's really the basis of the book in general. So, mm-hmm. did, yeah. did that play a little bit of role of how you wrote the book because yes. you were going through that? Yeah, it actually did. And um, in the sequel, I'm actually planning on like 
delving into topics of like both panic and anxiety in the main character of the book. So I think it, I can definitely see like how my, um, how my experience within the book kind of like melded into like the main character. And I see a lot of myself in the main character, not, not necessarily, we aren't necessarily the same person. He is like more outgoing than I than I was. I was very shy, but Sam, like the, my main character in the book, his name is Sam, um, is not is mm-hmm. not shy at all. So it 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 almost sounds like the book. People could say, well, maybe the book was part of the cause of your panic attack, <laughs> but in actuality, it was probably part of the therapy to help you through. I think I think probably parts of both. I would say. Yeah. I would say. Um, and this is something that um, that I hadn't noticed before because um, a lot like because before I was always an anxious person, but I always thought it was normal. Like I always like assumed it was normal for so, everybody. A, sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And once I had the panic attack, and once I had to like face up to the fact that I may be experiencing this in a more like visceral like and more accelerated way than I could um finally see like kind of like where these um where these for lack of a better word triggers are mm-hmm. like for my anxiety and one of them is uh when I'm stressed like and this is for everybody. Like writing a book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when I'm stressed, like, I tend to be more anxious. And, like, that, that's for everybody. Like, and look, writing the book was very anxiety-ridden because I, like, I, I, was, I was happy to be writing it, but I was full of self-doubt and um, both self-doubt and, uh, like, whether, like, it would be good enough, whether I was good enough. Like, and at a certain point, and I think this realization really helped me, is um, I, I stopped caring about, like, whether I was good enough and started right. caring more about, like, what is the story that I want to tell and how can I do it in the best way that I can. Mm-hmm. Right. And as soon as I had that realization, both my anxiety and the writing got a lot easier. So, so. Wow. as a product of two graduate degrees, I'll give you this <laughs> <laughs> advice since you're starting grad school yeah. is you'll feel that every semester oh, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. I can remember, and thank goodness when I was at Ohio State, we were still on quarters, but it was about the seventh weekend yeah. of every 10-week quarter that all of a sudden I would look at the, here is the pile of stuff I have to do in the next three weeks and get a hell of a headache. Yeah, no <laughs> that was my panic. That was my reaction as a panic was like, I can't do this in three weeks. And yeah. so, you know, I take an aspirin, have a nap and get up and start working. That was sure. basically how you, you sure. know, yeah. but it is, uh, it, and, and we often go through those life circumstances that where other people are judging us Mm -hmm. and we know it we know it's going to happen and suddenly we start feeling that we can't measure up even though 
we haven't really even reached the point for them to to make that measure. Yeah, so yeah. And, and creating anything is almost like running through the streets naked. <laughs> oh, isn't that the truth? I mean, yeah. you're putting yourself out there completely yeah. you, to be judged, mm-hmm. to be liked, to be disliked, yeah. to just be scoffed, or to be truly loved for your work. I mean, I think we don't look mm-hmm. at it that way as well, too. It's like, yeah. that was a great book. Oh, my gosh, you helped me get through that, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think we, we, we negate those opportunities that could bring us yeah. uh, right. to our lives I, by doing this stuff. Yeah, I had, an, I had a, an advisor tell me that really what you're doing up to the point of finishing, so up to the point of graduating with a degree, up to the point of actually having a, a draft of your book or your dissertation, whatever that is, mm-hmm. that it, think of it in terms of being like, you know, your internship or your green card. And, and at the point of finishing is when then then people will look and see whether your work is, is legitimate or not. Yeah. But that those steps to get to that point, is it, it's tough. Yeah. yeah, it is tough. Yeah. And I, I would say um, a big part of it, like the first draft was lots of fun. Like I had so much oh, fun yeah. writing it. But this is something that... Um, I realized, and this is something that you don't really learn in high school, is that more than half of writing, like at least at like at the level of like a novel, is editing, like right. your book, like going through it meticulously and finding like finding the spots where it can be like trimmed down. And I feel like a lot of editing is like cutting the fat, cutting the extraneous bits. And I, I'm not saying like I'm perfect at it i'm sure there are is plenty of extraneous stuff in my book but and it's it's hard to like cut that stuff out it's just sure. it's just um but but that that part of it was um probably the hardest part was the editing but it was it also made the book that much better so so and that's where really good creation is so important we all have stories to tell, mm-hmm. but we have to be able to tell them so other people understand. And that's where yeah. true good writing comes from, where yeah. true good art comes yeah. from, because it gets across to those other folks. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're, through your process of understanding and knowing that we lose the, the art of imagination as we get older, yeah. what would be your advice to try to bring that back in as we get older? I am so glad that you asked that. I love this question and I think it really comes down to um, is hobbies and I I know that sounds like fairly simple but at least for me like what has really like reignited my passion for like these creative arts is uh, like the hobbies that I've created whether that be writing or whether that be playing Dungeons and Dragons whether Mm -hmm. that be like literally just like creating worlds like and drafting it out on on like on a page like i i think um i think that part of us that can go out and like use our imagination as our own like sandbox outside like that part will eventually fade but i think the creative process is something that we can all still enjoy in our lives it does take intention, though, because it is just as easy to, like, just consume content, like, mm-hmm. and to, um, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I do it all the time, but 
if you want to reignite that like that passion I, I feel like hobbies is like the right way to go like whether that be painting or um or writing or board games or role-playing games or any number of different opportunities like finding something that you enjoy and finding a hobby that goes with that like creative endeavor yeah. i think i absolutely am a big proponent of uh like hobbies and like a lot of uh what inspired me to like reignite that um creative passion was like a year and a half before i even started writing the book like dungeons and dragons like really like reignited that that like that drive to like create something you know and uh, i gotta say like some of the coolest moments was just sharing stories with my friends right i could i could see what you're talking about there why there's such an upsurge in um, audio drama in the podcasting world Mm, tons and tons of fantastic audio dramas out there that i think that they're looking at it as somewhat of a hobby because they just mm-hmm. want to get it out. Yeah. But I think they're also looking at it as if we create something really good, this has an opportunity to catch fire, like yeah. writing a book. You uh, know, like you know, there's I, always yeah. that thought process in all of our heads. Whenever we create yeah. something, it's like, oh, what if, what if this is like something special? You know, what if exactly? Yeah, what, what if, if it well, could? Yeah. yeah. And and when we did a couple of podcasts earlier this year on creativity of the arts in the pandemic, yeah. And I was fascinated with a friend of mine who lives in Chicago who has done theater, but during the pandemic everything mm-hmm. was closed down. When they started bringing things online, she would do a reviews of different programs from all over the world, and the, the reviews for her local newspaper. Okay. She had done that before, but now suddenly oh, it was magnified in terms of the number of op- opportunities out there of things to see. And, you know, literally everywhere, they were, they were posted everywhere. And she's been publishing one or two reviews every week wow. um, since through, the, through the whole pandemic. So, yeah, there's all of that opportunity to uh, bring to life our ideas yeah it sounds to me like your parents did a great job of allowing you to be creative and and i'm wondering if kids always have that opportunity um to to be to to allow those little cells to go as opposed to sitting in front of a tv or or, force them into sports just to get them busy or Right. The, the forced playgroups or whatever. Just yeah. let the kids do what they want to do. I think it's it's interesting to me because I actually did a um, and and this might be uh, kind of a tangent, but it, it will kind of make sense here. Um, I did an essay like my junior year of college about like how kids are spending. Um, are less and less incentivized to spend time outside like whether that Mm -hmm. be video games or tv or the fact that like sometimes i i read articles of like kids like playing in their own backyard and all of a sudden like getting child protective services called on them playing in the backyard fenced in backyard like literally like and i i mean i i'm 26 years old so I, i can't speak to like the like speak to what it's like now but when i like i I can't tell you how many times that i just like went out 
of my backyard and didn't come back for two or three hours. Oh, yeah. We and were out in the street yeah. <laughs> when I was little. You know, the, the, the creative piece of how we maybe not letting kids do what they oh, want yeah, to do yeah, creatively yeah. as well, too. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, one, it's that, like, fear of the unknown. And I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of my interactions with imagination as a kid was outside. It was hardly ever inside. And I That's think with with yeah. the in, the with the internet and being able to see and hear horrible stories of kids like getting hurt, getting kidnapped, like mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, yeah. like going out, just being in their backyard. I think like that exposure has almost like paralyzed like parents in fear of like allowing kids to interact with well, outside. I think that's part of it. It's and, probably and, uh, not the whole. Picture. Sure, we're that we're lucky sense. here in Ohio to have backyards. I yeah. mean, there are people True. who live in yeah. large cities who you yeah, know, they don't they don't even to. have a backyard, backyard. Is a street. Yeah, yeah or you know. the backyard is you know a little tiny patio or a little balcony or something. Mm-hmm. You know, they may sure. not even be at ground level. So right. right. Um, so, um, what kind of one of the when I was doing writers workshops, one of the questions that people always ask the writers, and they would just like groan through it, is, "Do you have a schedule that you keep while you write, and do you write so many hours a day, and blah blah, you know, all that kind of stuff?" So yeah. it's like, so what what is your creative format or uh, the parameters you yeah. work within? Sure, I, I, I think. What has worked with me, and I think it will be different depending on person. who yeah. you are. But in general, how when I was writing the novel, I would set I would set goals for myself. I would set daily go- goals. I would set weekly goals, and then I would set like long term goals. So in general, I wanted to get like my daily goal was about five hundred to a thousand words a day. That's that's, that's what I wanted that's to do. That's a doable goal. Yeah. And that that was like some days were better, some days were worse, and then I always like and I always wanted to hit about 3000 words a week. That way in that in that way like um I wanted to finish the first draft of the book in uh 6 months essentially. Mm. And that would allow me like with that schedule to get to that point. However, um the story got longer <laughs> while yeah, I was writing yeah. it. Like, the necessity of the story, like, just wasn't going to cut it with that schedule that I had set in place already. So I had to push, I had to, I had the same daily goals, same weekly goals in mind, but I had to reevaluate my, um, my long-term goal. Mm-hmm. And it took about three or so more months to get That's it, like, completely to get the first draft completely finished. But this is this is what worked for me. And this is like what's always worked for me when I'm thinking of like either writing a book or doing anything is this like this like this whole thing like a whole book is daunting. Like it is mm-hmm. terrifying. Like whether that be like a 5-page paper or like a 300-page book. Like when you first start it is like how am I going to get this done, you know? So what I always did was take it, take it like, step by step, and I would break it down to, like, manageable pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how I've been able to, like, keep that creative process going, whether that be in writing books or papers or whatever other creative endeavor. I would take it day by day 
and like have a plan in mind, but like not be so beholden to the plan that I would hurt the creative process mm-hmm. in the long run. Or and hurt so. yourself as well yeah, too. Exactly. Because you could easily oh, yeah. say, Okay, I'm chucking it in. I can't keep up this schedule. I can't right. do you know sort of thing. It's it's so funny you that yeah, I've heard this before too that, you know, the regimen brings out creativity or it just it seems so weird that we can not confine creativity that we have to put creativity in a regimen otherwise it doesn't get done I think isn't that funny it's, true. Just, it it's kind of but a dichotomy it, isn't that yeah. why all of our english teachers tell us to write an outline yeah 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 that's you know? true and that's yeah. and when brett and i are doing podcasting if i don't come in with a set of questions we're never really sure where it's going to go right. in at the conversation. But at yeah. least it's a guideline yeah. of where yeah. we might go. This might be one of our first episodes. We actually don't have one. <laughs> we're winging it, and we're doing great. We are. We are. But we had, you know, we kind oh, of. Oh, we, we did, though. We sort yeah. of had, a, a, we had sure. a path. We had a path, yeah. We didn't have questions. We had a path. So so in your, when you're looking at your day-to-day, writing your, your the words through 500 words or so, how, you know, is that a whole day, half day, or just however um, long it took? So... It's so I, I usually would um, figure out. So I had a very specific schedule when I was writing. So I would wake up and I would read at first. I'd read really? for like about an hour just to get my hmm. mind in, get my mind in that space, in mm-hmm. that creative space. And then what I would do is I would set aside um, about an hour and a half to two hours, and I would write. I, not all the time would I get words on paper, but I would be thinking about my story the mm-hmm. whole time. Sometimes I would reread through old parts. Sometimes I would edit, and I would take my time. Like, but at the end of the day, I wanted to get. I at least wanted to get those five hundred words in. Sometimes it would be. Sometimes I would have gangbuster days, and I would be like two thousand words a day, and those would be great days. I would set aside those two hours, and then I would have lunch. And then I would do another two hours, and then I would read for about a half an hour. And then I would, like, and if I hadn't hit my goal by then, then I would extend it for another hour or so to get that. And then I would go, I would run three or four times a week, so I would set aside some time to do some running as well. And I find myself, at least in the creative process, I like whether that whether that be running or walking, I think uh, like I feel like I brainstorm the best when I'm moving. Like so, I it wasn't exactly a set schedule. I I would say that I would probably be writing about um, four to six hours a day. Like and I would do that five times a week, yeah. and then the, the rest of the time would be either spent and then. I'd probably say about two or two or so hours would be spent on either reading to learn from other people, other writers, or um, like editing out, like outlining, like thinking about the book itself. So I, I really tried to structure it like a full time job, like that. That right. was like right. what I wanted to do. But now that I'm in school, like I, I've had to, <laughs> I've had to Oops. like find little times to get yeah. my writing in. So. But yeah. the, the writers that I all talked to, though, you know, over the years of doing the workshops, they all said the same thing. Is yeah. It doesn't matter what the schedule is. If you don't sit down and write, it's not going to get done. Yeah. Right. You have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you got to find what works for you. And I think, I think there's one of my favorite authors. His name is Brandon Sanderson. Fantastic fantasy author. 
but um, he is a machine of a writer. Literally can crank out like thousand plus page books in less than a year, and that's that's a like Stephen King level of mm-hmm. like getting getting writing stuff down. And um, he has this like uh, web series, like YouTube series, like where he did uh, like a lecture at um, at a college, and he pu- like published it on YouTube for free, and like. He outlined it like this, and this is how I thought of it as well. And it was nice to hear it from him as well. That, like, when you look at it from a bird's eye view, you can kind of see, like, if you stick to a schedule, like, 250 words here, like, or, like, every time I write, I'm going to, like, write for two hours, and this is how many words I'm going to do. Let's say that you're working a full-time job, and you can't dedicate a lot of time to writing. But you can, like sit aside um, sit aside like maybe a, like a day and you're going to write a thousand words like a thousand words in that day let's just say that for the sake of argument and like I would say that books are anywhere between um, 50,000 to 100,000 like probably on average there are some that are shorter some that are longer um, so if you do that a thousand which would be about 4000 4, a month. Like, you would be able to finish, even with, like, only writing once, like, once a week, 1,000 words. You'd be able to write 50,000 words, about 50,000 words, in a in year. A year? Yeah. And that's about the length of a novel. Mm-hmm. Like, depending on what you're writing. This one was about 100,000 words. So I wouldn't be able to write this in, like, a year. But, like, when you think of it from, like, an almost bird's-eye view, like... It's not as, like, intimidating anymore. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, at least you know, and also hearing from those that you respect, Mm -hmm. that, okay, that process makes sense. It's, you know, that it's doable. This is how they get it accomplished. And, wow, that guy cranks up that many books doing that. That's amazing. You know, you have more respect for, and he's bringing out quality and and such. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and, and, and this leads us really to the next part of this is that uh, and, and we're fascinated by this self-publishing piece right let's talk about that i mean was that your intent initially to self-publish or were you you know shopping out to publishers initially how did that all or how what were your options yeah so i initially initially set out to find an agent and they would then shop the book to publishers. Okay. So in general, how the traditional publishing route is, like you go to an agency, you find an agent that you think would like your book, you send a uh, manuscript, a short manuscript, to them, and they decide whether they're going to uh, take it on and shop it with other, like with one of the bigger publishing, publishing houses. houses. Okay. So I did that for like I did that for a while like two or three months and I wasn't really getting any traction and I I, I got some feedback from uh, some agents and I got a lot of messages that said like oh like I like the concept it's really interesting but I really don't have like room in my schedule to fit in your Mm -hmm. book or like or um like hey like this isn't quite like the book that I usually do and um I, I, I can't take your book on and I I feel like with agencies like the way that it is like it's very um you it almost has to be like a perfect storm 
in a mm, way. Like you true. have to like yeah. align with the like the agent, like create a story that they're interested in, and you have to find an agent that has time for your project, which is like which is hard. Like because I think agents receive probably like twenty or so manuscripts like every week or something like depending on what agency that you're at. So I wasn't getting a lot of traction, and I knew this was my first book, and I like really I obviously wanted to go the traditional well not obviously but I wanted to go to the traditional route, but I also like was very cognizant that this was my first book, first time going at this, and I didn't put. I put a lot of pressure on myself at first, like, to, like, try to find a publisher. But then I started to think, like, about, like, me as a writer long term. And I started to think of, like, well, I just need to, I just need to write. I need to get my voice out there. I need to tell the stories that I want to tell. And I'll worry about, like, I'll worry about, um, like... I'll worry about all of that stuff later. I just wanted to get be a better writer, so I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do self publishing, and this is no knack on self publishing. I think self publishing is great. I think it is fantastic, like for a lot of people. I mean, there is just a veritable like smorgasbord of a bunch of different novels that you can do, but the the process itself was um, I. There's essentially, like, two different ways that you can self-publish. You can either go, like, the, um, the dirt... You can either go through and pay a company to market your book, basically do the things that, a pub, like, a traditional publisher would do, but you would have to pay them to do that. And I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have the money at the time to do that sort of thing. And I've heard very mixed reviews of that sort of publishing. Like I'm sure it works for some people. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, it would have worked for me. Sure. So, I I have been a long time like Kindle like person. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've always loved uh, like whether that be Audible or Kindle, like on the Amazon marketplace. And I figured like Amazon would be the way to reach the most people. Like so, there is um, there is a site that you can go to. It's called uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, and they have they have a website that will ar- like arrange your book like to be ready for publishing from um, from like the size of the book to like cover design to. Um, how the book is going to look mm-hmm. like inserting your book into the uh, into the format and then like basically you become like your own creator of a book like I, I, I basically I basically did I did most of this on my own I had um, my cousin who helped me to edit my uh, my drafts but um most of it was my own, like the cover design, like I, like found a, like I took, <laughs> the cover actually has a kind of like cute story to it. I, um, <laughs> when I was first starting to conceive this book, I decided like to go on like a hiking trip on my own, just to kind of like, 
just to kind of like jot down some inspiration and to jot down like an outline and stuff. And I took this picture, like, and I was, I love this idea of, um, especially with like the muted colors of the forest and then kind of like the like the contrast of the very bright and vibrant colors that really fit within like the narrative of the whimsical world. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it was really cool to see the self-pub, like be able to imagine, conceive, and design like all processes of the book. So you would do that, you would submit it all, and within like two or three days, it would be ready to uh, be published. Wow, like, that fast. Yeah, it, it was, it's kind of crazy, like how fast the turnover is. Yeah. Like and like these yeah, are I didn't realize made it. made to order too. Well, wow. and, and so. as you said, you had help in editing. I think that's yeah. one of the things that I've seen with some stuff that was self published. Was you could tell that there was not a final edit, mm. um, and yeah. so you're like, "Ooh, that's not good." And I'm not yeah. that good of an editor, but if I find it, I'm figuring you know it's not there. There's some issues. Yeah. So yeah. it's good that I think one of the um, tips would be make sure you really have a final copy before yeah. you get into that process. Right. Oh, yeah. I think right. I went through... When I when I was drafting this, I, I think I went through five different drafts, or maybe mm-hmm. six. Five or six. Anyway. <laughs> I was... Um, I edited it until I couldn't think... I mean, obviously, I could have done more, but I edited it until I thought... This was the best that I could do, and as soon as I like reached that point, like I knew that it was ready. Like, yeah. and it took a long time. Yeah. Like, yeah, editing took me took me three or four months of like straight just re reading and rereading and re- like, very cool. Hmm. Like meticulously, like plotting it out. Hmm. Um, hmm. And then my cousin, her name's Savannah, like Swix, and she was fantastic. And um, helping me edit everything. Nice. So. That's nice. Yeah. Somebody you can trust. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I think. Yeah. Um, well, and I guess that leans back toward what you were talking about of just right words. Yes. Because you know, whatever percentage you're putting down is not going to make the book. Yeah. It, but you got to get it there because it's like molding clay. Right. You know, and getting that statue or you know the yeah, stone. That's... I guess you could say this. You know that 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 that's statues in that stone mm-hmm. but there's just a lot of stuff around it that's going to have to go to the wayside though oh, it, yeah. it hurts but and it's going to have to some days like you just have to you just have to put words on paper right. I, I agree 100 percent. yeah amazing. like it doesn't matter like what you write down because i i think i trimmed at least like five to ten thousand words mm. out of it yeah, by the end like, yeah, yeah so at least five thousand, I would think. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff is going to get be trimmed out mm-hmm. or like be deleted. So right. well, again, in a good writer, it not it's not just imagining a book in your head, but yeah. it, imagining a story that the person who's reading can understand yeah. and appreciate, and and not want to put it down. 
yeah. because it's such a great story it's, and yeah. told well. It, yeah. You're you're compelled to read you page to page. That was what I used to tell my students writing their resume. You make sure the first page is good enough that somebody's going to read the second page. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there you yeah. go. So it sounds like a lot of pros and cons to self-publishing yeah. as well as going to the big houses. Um, and and people don't realize how limited the big houses are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they only yeah. have so many slots that they are willing sure. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, those slots are filled years in advance. Yeah, I think I think the reason why we're seeing such a boom in self-publishing is one, the internet. Like, it makes it a lot easier to like get your like content, like whether that be writing or videos or whatever, mm-hmm. or podcasts for that matter, sure. <laughs> out sure. to the public. Mm-hmm. It's um, the one thing, like one other thing that I would like to mention, and this is probably something that I'm not the best at uh, best to talk to about this but when you do self-publish like I and this is something that like I am planning to do more of this summer like when you self-publish you need to market your book you need to like mm-hmm. be the publisher you need to be yeah. the market that was a little piece I was, I was, I was not hearing you say yeah, yeah exactly yeah, that, this, this is why yeah. I wanted to bring that just up. being yeah, on Amazon doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be out there doesn't mean it's going to be out there it's the marketing of it reach out you need to like be on other platforms and I, I haven't been super great at this because I've been like I've been but like with COVID <clears throat> with COVID and this book was published right around um right around covid was starting to ramp up uh, uh, I was not exactly like, able to do any uh, yeah. signings there no <laughs> yeah exactly so but exactly. do you have a website uh i do not okay <laughs> i okay. do need to get one though. so but so the so the one place that people can buy your book is going to amazon and yes, doing a search going to amazon and it's, it's uh a rift between worlds the last time that i checked it was the first um first hit when you got there cool. but it's by uh rj yurik j-u-r-e-k Wonderful. excellent well great Wonderful. well thank you for telling us about it. Yeah. your book i was and you said something about you're working on the next one so we'll be yes. on the lookout for that as well yeah. too that's I great good on like i'm already partially through the first draft i want to i want to get a good sizable chunk of it done by the end of the summer before I start grad school. Good. So, okay. cool. Cool. Well, good luck with that. Well, and yeah. good luck in grad school, too. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. There you yeah. go. Well, good. Thanks again. And all the information about the book, uh, you know, we'll put links in to get the book, uh, take a look yeah, at it, and, and but, yeah, we'll put it in the podcast and the show notes. And, and, and also, hopefully, you know, our listeners can take a little few notes if they've, as they say, everybody's got a book in them uh, that, you know, between self, really take a look at self-publishing. Exactly. That, that may be the route to go. It, it may help you you know, jump over that hurdle to get it done, knowing that okay, I, I I'll write the book. I'm going to self publish. Just mm-hmm. just exactly. do it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Appreciate oh, it. Yeah, Thank no it's problem. nice to meet you. I yeah. appreciate the time. I really do.